right, and a happy Thursday to you two gentlemen. You there? Happy, happy Thursday. Thursday. Hey. I'm here. Hey. <laughs> Still alive. Back for another week of here we are. fun yeah. entertainment. Are you guys staying busy? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, no, I lied. I'll be honest. It's slowing down for me, man. It's like... Yeah, I said last week it's like Groundhog Day, but it's like it's gotten it's gotten even worse progressively. It's just mm. you know wake up, go down to my little office, work, and then make dinner. And every once in a while I get to do a podcast, but that's kind of like a uh, that's a mm-hmm. blip on the radar, really. Indeed, mm-hmm. just Indeed. rinse and repeat. It's a highlight. It's a highlight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're well into the slog level. Yep. Yep. Well, anyway, thanks for tuning in, and thanks for sticking with us and slogging it out with Oop. us. This is episode 39 of You Should Check It Out. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And we got an action-packed show for you, as always, this week. Uh, Nick, I believe the spin of the roulette wheel landed on you, sir. So, what you got for us this week? Uh, lucky me. Um... <laughs> So I've been I've been thinking a lot about about you know there's a lot of talk in the news about how things are gonna kind of get started back up again and and I've been thinking a lot about like concerts specifically um, obviously Greg's got a lot of shows that he had to you know, that it got canceled for this summer and that was a it's a big thing and sure and I found I found an article the only one that seems to venture a guess as to when these things are gonna maybe come back but so it's a preliminary it's an early article but it came out about a week ago with the headline experts predicts concerts won't return after the coronavirus until the fall of 2021 at the earliest which seems crazy but 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 you know i mean we've talked a little bit about this in the last couple weeks obviously there's not going to be like a switch that gets flipped with this thing and there's already discussions about probably will resurge in the fall and that we're still 12 to 16 months out from right. uh, an inoculation. Yeah, vaccine, thank you. And so, I, yeah, I, well, I mean, just, again, I, I just just read through it, but I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on it. There's like, just what, so much confusion around it. I mean, and there's, you know, nobody wants to go out on the limb and say, I've got this figured out, you know, the virus is, you know, going to be extinct next week. Let's open it up. Let's get back to work. Sure. Let's do it. No one wants to do that. No one Right. Can realistically or non even non realistically say that at this point. So it's like what can you do? Yeah, I mean like experts, quote unquote, can say follow twenty twenty one, but hell, none of us knows what the landscape's gonna be like in the fall of twenty twenty one. So Yeah, or even fall of twenty twenty. Um right. So, you know, one thing is that it's a moving target and we don't know exactly how the landscape will be, but we do know that when things do come back to life, whether it's schools and restaurants and, you know, sadly concerts and sporting events and large gatherings like on that magnitude will be at the end of that list. Right. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, my, my wife is an elementary school teacher and this is all completely unofficial. Don't quote me on this. This is nothing that is public knowledge or anything that should be acted upon, but you know, she's basically been given hints and innuendos that next year is going to be completely. They're pre- oh, they're preparing for all online classes next year. I mean, and if they're <clears throat> if they're even at the point where they're willing to float that idea private internally, I mean, that's sure. just. Then where does that put concerts concerts in the mix? Right, I know. right, right. But I mean, with with especially just like the whole f- whole model for artists has changed to be like live shows like that's how they make their money 
it's right. just I, it's just this whole thing just upends everything and uh, not to mention like venues you well, know yeah. i mean how the hell do these guys i, I, I don't know yeah. ugh. well i'm glad you brought that up nick because i actually wanted to invite a good friend Wyan zoe who has been the production manager at brooklyn bowl Ooh. in new york city um i think i can get him on the line and we can get some of his uh, insight into how the music venues are reacting to this awful, ma- awful mess. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Should we give him a call? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that'd Let's be great. Give it a shot here. Uh, it's an eight. <laughs> hey, guys. Oh, buddy. Hey, Wyan? <laughs> Wyan in up, the man? house. Yeah, hey. baby. So, how are you holding up, buddy? Um, you know... As well as uh, anybody can when, uh, you know, their industry suddenly vanishes overnight. Yeah. Tell me about it, bro. Man, I I, I feel for you because, like as Nick was saying, you know, it just seemed like just in the past year or two, it seemed like there had been a whole groundswell of artists had finally found a new lease on life. You know, the recording uh, revenue had kind of fallen away, but live music had kind of made a resurgence in terms of supporting artists and now that sadly taken away i mean the 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 first thing there is i don't think there was necessarily like a resurgence as far as like supporting artists i think it was more that like that's all that was left (laughs) yeah Yeah. people stopped buying records people you know there was just so few avenues of income left that Mm -hmm. uh, you know went back to live performance but i mean realistically that's sort of been the only way that musicians made money for the vast majority of the history of that's true being a professional musician (laughs) Mm -hmm. i mean to that end like you know i think that we were somewhat prepared for this kind of uh tra- i mean not that like anybody can really be prepared for like this magnitude of tragedy but just that like like oh and then now like you know our live touring income is drying up as long as well as like every other form of income that's disappeared over the last 10 to 20 years for musicians mm. yeah what, what would you say from the side of the of the venue like how how can brooklyn bowl survive I mean, I don't know how, I'm not really sure how anybody is going to come out of this really, like, you know, the first thought is that, like, hopefully at some point they'll allow 100, 200 people at a time to be in a place, but, Mm -hmm. like, you know, in a, like, standard club venue atmosphere, like, if you only let 100 or 200 people into a thousand cap (laughs) venue, that just means that all 200 of them are going to be right up on the rail. (laughs) Like, there's not really any way to prevent that from happening. And then the 200... quadrant. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Right, and then then if you're talking about, like, you know, just 200 cap venues, then you can't let them be, like, you know, allowing their full capacity in, because then you're talking about, like, a packed 200 cap venue. Right, right. Um, yeah, you can't do and it like really, the, the press briefings where there's like six feet apart. It would kind of ruin the vibe a little bit. Even yeah, I mean, it doesn't like like yeah. it's, it's almost more awkward than uh, you know playing to a camera over the internet. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's like damn, I didn't know you were a lefty. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, have you guys? Oh, man, yeah, so nuts. Have you guys done anything like that? Have you done any outreach to like setting up um, online shows or anything like that? I mean, honestly, I think that this what's kind of fascinating about this moment is how I mean, like you know, the venues are almost where 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 you know, venues are are basically victims to this collapse of the industry. Like, there's 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 no 
like there's no path Recourse. like there's no yeah. real idea of like you know when things are going to get to open up again and once you do get to open up again i mean even once once you do open up again you're talking about like you know there are there is obviously going to be a certain amount of people who are like i can't like i need to go to a show like as sure. soon as the venue opens i am going to go to a show of course but it's not as many people i don't think as would normally be going to a show because you're going to have a lot of people who have been broke for you know, however many months, especially the ones who work in that same yeah, industry. Sure, true that. Um, and then you've got also going to have people who are afraid to, you know, be in gatherings of large, large gatherings yeah. of people. Of course. Nervous about being surrounded by people. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have the whole, like, you know, what I was saying before about, like, you know, if you, if it's decided that, like, 200 people at a time can congregate, like, how many 200 cap venues are even going to survive this whole process? I mean, like, restaurants are closing, bars are closing. Right. Like, that's, yeah. you know, your, your standard, like, dive bar venue is essentially a bar. Yeah. Yeah. And most of those can't afford to stay open through this. Mm. Yeah. It just, it feels like, I mean, I, I can't even fathom how much you know a building like brooklyn bull pays in rent you know right. and so when you have when when you're not bringing anything in i mean how the hell i mean there is the the i was thinking about this earlier um in particular with uh like our, our mutual friend uh um ben pentagar out in pittsburgh mm-hmm. uh running the rex theater um uh, you know a building like that like you know and and you know buildings like brooklyn bull too but like you know a lot of those club venue buildings like what else are you gonna do with this club venue like you're talking well, about true. a huge outlay of money to turn a club venue into anything other than a club mm-hmm. venue. that's true. like that's true. how how many club venues are there out there that you know that we've played at that were a completely different name of venue at some point and were a slightly different that's layout true. or whatnot but it, you know they tend to stay venues yeah um mm-hmm. so i think that the larger scale venues you know your your bowery presents venues your uh, IMP venues, things mm-hmm. like that. Like I think that physically they're essentially safe because what else are you going to do with that space? And it's not like anybody's going to be coming out of this with a ton of money to be like, oh, I'm just going to buy up all these club spaces <laughs> and turn them into condos or whatever. I, well, well right. maybe somebody will. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that's not how it's going to. I mean, it's entirely possible that, that is how it's going to end up, and you know, you know society yeah. will continue to crumble. Yeah, that's um, Wyatt's but... prediction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 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 man, here seeing that headline now, that headline, that, I mean. I got to be honest, when, when I, I, I took it with a grain of salt, I definitely felt like it was a little bit clickbaity, but yeah, that, oh yeah. And, and it's also just one guy, you know, it just says an expert, expert predicts concerts sure. won't return, you know? And so we don't know for sure if that's correct. Maybe they will come back sooner. Maybe there will be some kind of breakthrough. God can only hope, you know, at this point, yeah. um, I- I mean, the and, one thing uh, I would say to that is that there hasn't been a whole lot of expert pushback against that idea. Mm. Yeah. Like, there's, not, there's no, like, like doctors mm. coming at me like, oh, I heard what that Fair guy enough. said about, like, no concerts yeah. until 2021, so, and that sounds ridiculous. Very, like, very sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's... Exactly. That's exactly. within the, the realm of possibility. Yep. Yeah. Gosh. Strange new worlds, man. Yeah. What are you doing to stay, stay busy uh, while things are on hiatus? I mean, I won't lie that... I've pretty much only worked in music. Like my first real job out of college was working at a guitar center. Perfect. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. gone from there. Um, so it's been really like it's it's been kind of emotionally difficult to really process the 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 fact that like you know like I don't I don't actually have a job right now. And I mean obviously I mean that's fair because like what like my job was production manager. Like, there are no shows. Like there's nothing for me to do as far as that's concerned. Right. But like mm-hmm. you know there's no gigs for me to play. There's no like I can't 
teach lessons that I mean I can do some like online teaching but honestly I mean even to that end like I have a lot of friends who like make their entire living on lessons like mm -hmm. if someone comes to me and says like hey I'm looking for someone who to teach me lessons I'm probably gonna send them to mm -hmm. one of my friends who like really relies on that as like yeah. their way of surviving um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really, I mean, I've been trying to practice to, like, keep myself involved in music, but, like, it's right? really kind yeah. of, like, a little overwhelmingly depressing to think about, like, what's next, like, on a personal level and also, no. like, you know, everybody, like, all my, like, because all I've done is work in music for my entire life, like, all my friends are musicians, too, like, yep. nobody has any idea what we're doing. Yep. Yeah, and it's not like, it, like you had said before, it's nobody's sitting around with like making raking in money off this like it's everybody's even to the extent that like there could be an outreach to support artists it's still making an ask of people that are also right. you know looking for work or, or yeah. furloughed or you know it's 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 yeah. it is crazy it's yeah, just no, I mean, crazy. like what i was saying before about how like when the venues do get to eventually yeah. reopen like who's gonna have money to go to the show and if you're only selling 200 tickets for a thousand capacity room, like how much are the tickets going to be? You know, it's. it's oh, I mean, there's there's like like I mean, we can, we can have a whole like additional conversation just about like what's going to happen to how bands get paid once this all comes sure. back. I mean, every everybody is going to take a significant hit. I mean, like you know, like probably mm -hmm. the biggest the biggest scale band that I go to see on a regular basis is Fish. Mm -hmm. um, and they've been like, I mean, they they basically just tell people like, okay, so we're gonna play these yeah. dates and you're gonna pay us this much money. And everybody's like, <laughs> sure, because sure. we know you're gonna sell all the tickets and we're gonna sell all of our beer. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, in some ways, even they're, it they're, is like their deals are probably gonna be different. an equalizer because uh -huh. you know it's in in so many uh, different situations it, it, as a musician, you realize like, oh well, you know, if only. You know, if only our band was at this level, then we wouldn't have to deal with this other stuff. You know, whatever whatever the obstacle is. Yeah, no, I mean everybody is kind of at like the same level right now, and it's and it's interesting to see who is managing to be productive and manage to come up with creative ways to, um, mm -hmm. you know, work around this. Like I saw, like the the Erica Badu having like people in bubbles and like you know, sort of separated that way. And, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, mm -hmm. that had uh, Freddie Arnett down in uh, in DC, who some friends of ours oh, yeah. played with. Uh, I think he just recently did like a similar thing where he had like you know like just literally like tarps set up between people. Um, mm -hmm. And then on top of that, there's the, you know, the bands that have, like, a certain advantage. Like, if you have someone who's actually, like, doing, who's good with production in the band, like, uh, one of my favorite bands in the world uh, is this band called Butcher Brown out of uh, Richmond, Virginia. Uh -huh. um, and their keyboard player is a like, brilliant producer. And, like, every Monday they have a new tune that's, like, you know, the five of them recording their parts individually at home. And, like, you know, by Monday there's a video with some tune that they're covering or that they're they've like some idea that they've worked on and then like throughout the course of the week like all the members of the band were putting posting more videos where they're jamming with each other and like sending each other videos and yeah. creating actual like pieces of music that like i mean you know charlie hunter is another example like yeah. i literally just spent yeah. like about an hour and a half earlier today like just flipping through butcher brown and charlie hunter quarantine videos like not <laughs> yeah. even going back to stuff that they were doing before that but just like stuff that they put out in the last like five weeks and it's there's some really amazing stuff that's coming out um but yeah it, it's i think it's starting to get to a point where like people are actually doing like like professional level collaborations with this yeah yeah well it's interesting yeah. you know like yeah. i've always worked in kind of um, small businesses and you know worked with entrepreneurs and there's always a phrase that comes around whenever there's you're in times of you know when things are slowing down a little bit uh they talk about sharpening the saw 
Um, so, you know, you're, you're taking your tools and you're getting them clean and you're getting them ready for whenever mm -hmm. the, you're hitting the, the go time again. So hopefully, right. man, once, once the gates are open again, man, we're going to have a <laughs> bunch of really well-drilled musicians ready to hit the floor. Oh yeah. Well, and apparently, out. I mean, the word I'm hearing is that like, I mean, guitar center is a tricky thing because they have so many retail locations, but like Sweetwater, Reverb, like they're doing amazing oh, dude, sales. Oh, yeah. so much stuff yeah. from Sweetwater yeah. over the past month. Well, <laughs> I, I, also... I don't yeah, I, I don't want to admit to how much stuff has has come into my apartment since the start of quarantine. Man, well, you know, from venues to music stores to it's it's all just this crazy moving target and i don't know i mean we're still not ready to to strategize yeah you know in any of these fronts but uh, yeah. hopefully well, yeah, we'll I get mean, that, well, that's, that's the really tricky thing is that there's really like 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 what i was saying earlier about as far as like you know my own way of like dealing with this and everything like there's no there's no roadmap like we have exactly. zero idea of what any of this is going to look like in a month in two months yeah. in six months in a year so mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. luckily no luckily, way to predict yeah yeah, luckily the artists have chosen, you know, certain artists have chosen to just stay, remain artists, you know what I mean? And I, I, that's that's the one true yeah. thing that you can do. You know, it's, it's yeah. like you said, Jay, keep sharpening the saw, you know, just keep uh, producing, yeah. you know, whatever it is that you do. Wine, do you have any songs that you've been, that you, that like pick you up or like, like what's, what's a, what's a Butcher Brown song that we could, that we could play you out on? Uh-huh. There is a tune called uh, There's a tune called 918 on their record uh, uh, The Camden Sessions uh, Which they did in like a one day session Out in London a little while ago They actually they have a record coming out on Concord uh, That's been done forever and I've been waiting forever For it to come out But uh, that's that's what, what's available now And that's, that's a good cheery I try to keep you in good spirits tune sweet sweet cool. we'll, we'll definitely cue that up And uh, let you play It's been a pleasure sure. to talk to you And I'm so sorry that it has to be under yeah. such depressing circumstances yeah. so please you know can we call you again sometime and and may, hopefully yeah, get a more cheerful either. update yes. <laughs> yeah, let's see what... <laughs> so, so we'll, we'll talk again in about a, a year and a half two years exactly just keep us posted man yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah about like 20 right. months right <laughs> what's well, been great man thanks so much for coming on yeah. i really appreciate it we really appreciate it yeah great chatting with you guys yeah thank thanks, you Juan. buddy yeah. thanks so much yep, peace
I'm so glad Wyan could join us. We're going to get through this. Greg, what you got for us, buddy? Well, um, there's mm-hmm. a new record by the lovely, talented Fiona Apple that dropped ah. uh, this week. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Making you know, a lot of news. You know we love Fiona Apple, man. Um, you know, she's not only such a talent in her own way and such a quirky... Um, she it, is her own of, voice, man. A sort of uh, eccentric, it would appear. Mm-hmm. But then that just depends on who you ask. Crazy and, talent, uh, she's worked too. with I mean, yeah. just... Of co- I mean, undeniable, yeah, yeah. And has worked with some of my favorite people, which we'll get to later. But uh, she dropped a new album this week, and it's been getting a lot of attention. And I, I, I couldn't help but take note that uh, our favorite website, Pitchfork, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they decided to write... Or as I like to call them, uh, never mind. Oh, the bird, <laughs> bird, bird clock. clock. Bird, bird clock's chiming in. <clears throat> that was, that was my um, counter to the wah, wah, wah trombone. Because I, uh, I like pitchfork. <laughs> well, whether you like them or hate mm-hmm. them, they decided to put out a, a review of the new Fiona Apple album, which is called Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Mm-hmm. And I read this and I thought, you know what? We need to do another segment of Review Let's the Review. Do it. Yes! Oh, yeah. Let's take a trip down Lover's Lane. <laughs> God, I love our friends. This song's great. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Steven. Joel. All of our favorite reviewers. <laughs> it's time to review the review. You can fade this whenever you want, Let's, by the way. No, no, no we're playing the whole damn thing. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I give you plenty of runway space. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, so, guys, that, that might was... That be your best you know, one yet, Greg. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. So yes. Well, you know, it's basically Earth Angel. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah. Thank so, why so are we reviewing the Pitchfork review? What yeah, was there the something well, significant about it? You disagree? Not not necessarily. Okay. Right. Uh, but he, here's what I'm saying, though. They gave the album a ten out of ten. What? Whoa! A 10.0. A 10.0. Which? Yes. Pitchfork. Yeah, exactly. I thought you were gonna say which like a is, four or something, and we were gonna get angry about that. Oh wow, ten. Yeah, a 10.0. Excuse me, not, not just a 10, a 10.0, ah. right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Out and um, yeah. yeah, they haven't done that in over a decade. The last album they did that with was apparently some, a Kanye West record that came out. Ah. Whatever that is. Yeah. Which is not that surprising. Life of Pablo, right? Um, I, I, uh, I don't know. I think maybe something before that. Okay. But uh, I wonder if they would do that now that he's you know a Trump, a Trump supporter. Probably anyway, not. Um, yeah, probably not. Sorry. I'm anyway, showing, I'm showing um, my bias too early uh, in the game. My bad. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. No, that's that's what this whole... Look, this segment is all about bias. You don't have to hide it, man. Oh, you, excellent. This is a safe space. This is a safe space. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Bias, rich, yeah. rich segment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, look, let's talk about the review. They start off by saying, Fiona Apple's fifth record is unbound. No music has ever sounded quite like it. Ever, apparently. Uh, Apple recorded Fetch the Bolt Cutters both in and with her Venice Beach home, banging on its walls, stomping on its ground. 
Yeah, you know what? I, I can hear her from here because Venice Beach is only like a couple <laughs> miles from here. Um, Wave. Yeah, I was I was wondering what all that noise was. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so look, Fiona makes absolutely you know incredible music. Um, I've been listening to her since she came out. This review is really just glowing, praising like it's glowing. It's like worshiping the ground she walks on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What, did you guys read the review as well? I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. Did. Yeah. Well, uh, Nick. Nick, let me ask you first. Uh, what, what were your thoughts? Well, I mean, specific to the first point you were making, right about the the no music has ever sounded quite like it. I, you know, it is it is a pretty unique sound. I, I don't. I I didn't take issue with that. And also, it did feel like the house in which it was recorded should be listed as its own like instrument because <laughs> it is such a. It's just such a specific consistent like resonant reverb space that this whole thing exists in and it's got right uh, so i i actually i mean specific to that point uh, i didn't take issue there were parts later on where i was like i disagree with the fundamental like premise of that argument the i i kind of actually when, when she got into her comparison of of apple uh, always always looking up to lennon john lennon mm-hmm. and then talking right. about about this magical period with with Yoko Ono, I was kind of like, wait, <laughs> wait, is that how we're being? Is that how this is being processed now? <laughs> yeah, the revolutionary definitely saint. That's some of revisionist Yoko ono. history going on right yeah, there. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. I, that so that part right there, I was like, nope. But okay, so so the idea of this getting the perfect ten point oh, point oh, uh, again out of ten. Let's be clear. Oh, right, right. You can't have any other points after that so yeah um the oh you know what no you know what i'm sorry i'm looking at it now and it actually just says 10 it does it, i thought you were just sorry. kidding <laughs> no but you know what let's just say it's 10.0 it's the same for, number for continuity right? yeah. <laughs> i mean i realize right. that, and we're but, going yeah. to be grading on a tenths scale right oh absolutely for precision absolutely exactly. yeah yeah, yeah. I, look i thought the album was i i, I really like the album 10.0 I, I don't know i i i that's Again, if, if again, if that is the best it can do, I wonder how much of it has to do with this time. You know what I mean? The, oh yeah, the, could the, be. The, this uh, just this need. But don't for, like, all, But don't all reviews exist in their own absolutely space and time? Like, right? It's context driven. Absolutely right, and it matters. That actually has something to do with it as well. So, um, well, could you give? Greg, how are we formatting this? Are we just going to give like an overall score rate, a review of the review? Why don't we just keep the discussion going and then to wrap it up, everyone will give a okay. t- score out of ten point out. Okay. Nick, any the, other salient points? The the only other thing I, I felt like her diagnosis um was less postulating than it was with the Tame Impala review and was more based on like interviews that Apple did. I didn't feel like it was as much guessing. I felt like there was more research done into tapping into what she was thinking about, what her process was, how she did this. So I, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty solid review. Um, but you're, that's you're also okay where I landed before. Right. So I'm not the one who, <laughs> gotcha. who, who is predetermined to hate Pitchfork. So I, you're I'm already, curious you're to hear already what you guys in, think. find yourself in the Pitchfork bubble, I, if you will. I, 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 I find my the target yeah, audience. I'm, I'm ex- <laughs> maybe I'd like to be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a that's a discussion for a separate podcast. Now, right? hey, now, b- b- before 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 Jake uh, gives us his opinion, I want to remind everybody out there: this is not us criticizing the album. We're not criticizing the album at all here. Mm-hmm. We're just criticizing the review. Jake, get to it. So, 
you all know my feelings about Pitchfork. I'm not mm-hmm. a fan. And mm-hmm. I, I think for the listeners, I'm going to just review my position on Pitchfork. I don't like typically their reviews. And this it doesn't go for all of their reviews. That's why we're doing this review the review. I, I, I'm not completely myopic in my criticism of, of Pitchfork. But That's they tend to be more, um, rather than reviewing the music for substance, in my opinion, they review it for cultural significance. And that's cultural right. as they see it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's whether or not it's going to be cool to the cool kids. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. So that's that's my bias towards Pitchfork. I just want to lay that out there. With that said, this feels like a very special album to me. Full disclosure, I've only listened to it once. Yeah, you just listened to it in the past I hour. I just listened to it today. And... Mm-hmm. I'm, it's, I mean, I can tell you that this is going to take a couple times for me to digest the album itself. Mm-hmm. But based on what I've heard, this feels like a special album at a special time. The review, I went into it with my standard set of pitchfork biases. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I guarantee you that the editors of Pitchfork take them giving a 10 rating very seriously. Yeah. I bet there was more than three meetings involved. Oh, before this 10 was approved. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't... Zoom. Yep. Now, on the flip side of that, I bet if they give a 0.5 rating, that goes out the door like that, you know, because mm. that's just clickbait. Mm. That's, that'll get us some money. That's, that's great. Whatever that artist, you know, screw him. This will get us some money. But this rating, I guarantee you went through a couple different reviews. I think it hits the salient points. I think it... It, it references it name checks Meredith Monk. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that, Nick? Mm-hmm. Do you remember seeing watching Meredith Monk at UMBC? I do performances. Yep, <laughs> that was a, a an interesting time. So, and I don't <laughs> think it's off base. Like I don't think that it's completely off the wall. The Yoko Ono comparison was a bit of a stretch, but that's fine. I I could see where they were going with it. I thought it gave a lot of context to the album. It it highlighted good points of the album it was fairly comprehensive i i don't have a complaint with with this review and i don't have a complaint with the rating wow okay 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 no complaints from mr rossman what what about your oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know i I think that i think that um what jay brings up is very valid that when I read a review like this, it's like, well, you know, we've known all along. That's what I got it because the first thing I did is I went back and checked the, all of the other reviews of any other Fiona Apple album that they've done. Uh-huh. And they're all nines, like nine, okay. except yeah. for one of them, which is a 7.8. So I'm like, okay, so is this, is this kind of like they were just going to give her a 10 eventually and then, <laughs> the, you know what I mean, decided like this was the one that we're going to give her a 10. <laughs> you know, it's like we all know, man. We all know she makes great records. But and it's not always just her, you know. I mean, like John Bryan helped her make the first few, and that guy's a genius, you know. Mm-hmm. And she had Questlove on drums, mm-hmm. you know. And anyway, uh, not taking anything away from her, obviously, you know. Big time respect for Fiona. As far as this uh, rating and as this uh, the system goes, I'll give a, I'll give my score of the review. And I'm going to give this, the review a seven point seven, which is a tenth lower than her lowest score. <laughs> wow. Okay. So 7.7. Okay. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Nick? 
<laughs> Nick's up next. Um, the rating that I would apply to this, yeah, actually, was I was thinking eight one, eight point one. Okay, eight point one. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Rossman. <sighs> Man, this I don't is know. this is this, is this really has to encapsulate. Hard. No, no matter what, it's going to be on the record as like a what? Your, an encapsulation I, of your opinion of Pitchfork. So this changes no. everything. <laughs> so what is your what is your? <laughs> no, that's specifically what this is not. This mm. is a uh, we're going deeper than that, right? This can't be just so a you, shallow. If I give this a high rating, it does not mean that I approve of no, Pitchfork the, and like its Pitchfork. rating system. Yeah, but I but, like but, this but, rating. I give it a nine point five. I give it a nine point five. Nine oh nine point five. Wow. Holy smokes! I do. Okay. I don't. I so don't the, have so any significant average... complaints. I think it illustrates. I think it lays out the case for it being a ten, and that's that's really okay. all I can ask of a record review. You. you know, like if you that, can justify yeah. to me why you're giving this the highest <laughs> possible rating that you can give, uh, and and I happen to agree with that musically so far. Based on what cool. I've heard, I'm sure nine point five. I'm giving myself a little bit of wiggle room, just in case I change my mind down the road. Yeah. So the so our average score comes out to an eight point four. Wow. So and and I'm may, may, might I make the point that uh, it this is it really shows that like this is not a hard job that they have over at Pitchfork. You know, it's hard <laughs> to give a score. <laughs> so anyway, with that, um, let's let's play some of this great yes, new record. Yeah, please, please. let's Apple. talk about the music. Let's Thank you. play the music. Thank you guys for reviewing the review. Heck yeah. Our pleasure. Thank you for the theme song. Don't you, don't you, don't you shush me. want to talk about this album for the rest of the like the evening man yeah like, i just feel like well, it's it's the kind of it's finally the album that we've been waiting for like from this time period really like it, it's so it's so direct and it's i don't know maybe it's because it's from a voice that i recognize and i know but i think there's more to it than that i think there's something to what you were saying nick that it sounds very cohesive you can tell it was recorded kind of at our home studio mm-hmm. but not in a bad way no like in a really no. Re- no, really like, no. special way it's got like it it, it uh, creates uh, a world and a and a timbre, a common kind of yeah. It, it, it yeah, environment, a world, yeah, which, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, environment exactly. Very cool. Yeah, and and she does this a lot, but she'll like rake through all of her journals from mm. when she was a kid to like find source material, and that fascinates me. Like that's yeah. I would I would shun anything I wrote. At that time period, and and never embrace like Absolutely. those 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 feelings. So, well, and to go back to the pitchfork review on that <laughs> on that note, I thought it was really interesting when when they said that you know older artists tend to simplify, and mm-hmm. they tend to kind of yeah that. go away from some of the raw and ragged qualities that exemplified their earlier work, mm-hmm. where it just seems like 
I mean, Fiona Apple's always been like this. Yeah. But now she's even rawer. Like, she's now, mm-hmm. like, I can do whatever the hell I want. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I really no, think it's cool. She's always, been, she's always been gutsy, man. Yeah. Well, speaking of gutsy. Mm-hmm. What do you got? <laughs> what do you got, Jay? Well, I've mentioned a couple times, when I'm, you know, working in front of my computer all day long, I like to put on some instrumental music. I, I really like instrumental music. And I've subscribed to this newsletter that comes out. Well, it's once every day, every, once every work day. It's called Flow State. And it's a really okay. good newsletter if you've never checked it out. And, and all they have is just uh, recommendations for good, focus-inducing instrumental music. And some of it's more on the atmospheric side, like they, they highlighted the Nine Inch Nails Ghosts um, mm-hmm. series. I don't know if you guys have listened to that or not, but mm. really cool. Um, I've gotten a lot of cool instrumental music from it. But... Uh, Last week, or maybe two weeks ago, they had a uh, recommendation for this Ethiopian jazz musician. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I've been obsessed with kind of Ethiopian jazz from that Ethiopiques uh, series. I don't know if you guys have ever checked oh, that out. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely, um, yeah, my, I had uh, my Funk Arc band members turn me on to that. Right, right, absolutely. We were, yeah. we were way into it. No, yeah, what is this? I, I don't know about this. What is what, what is Ethiopiques? Well, I mean, there's a couple... What are some of the famous names from that from that period, Greg? Dude, I I didn't get any of the names. I just listened to that compilation. I, I'm I the same way. Right? <laughs> no, no, I mean, but that's it, it, well, it's because it's a compilation it's like, that's, um, that's come it's a out best of. Yeah, yeah, it's a compilation you know? that's come out since I think it's been produced since like 1983, and it's actually a French c- compilation of some of the best right. jazz music from Ethiopia from the 70s on. Okay, and uh, in particular, and 60s even. <clears throat> yeah. Nick, listen to volume volume hey, four. Volume four. Uh, Mulatu Astake. Uh-huh. Um, volume four is like, that is one of my legit favorite albums of all time. Wow. It's, it's great. It's, it's really fantastic stuff because okay. it's just this like really atmospheric, cool sounding jazz music. So anytime I, I see Ethiopia, Ethiopian jazz, it, it perks my ears up. But this uh, particular album that they were highlighting is by a guy named Hailu Mergia. And the name of the album is called Hailu Mergia and His Classical Instrument. And um, I took a listen, and I was immediately like, oh, this is really right up my alley. This is really cool. Okay, cool. So the album was recorded in 1985 mm-hmm. uh, while Hailu was uh, studying music at Howard University in Washington, D.C. He oh. was originally born in Ethiopia, and he moved to the U.S. in 83 and kind of rediscovered the accordion and learned to play because it reminded him of some of the sounds of his youth growing up in mm-hmm. Ethiopia. And uh, he was previously famous from uh, a band called the Walias Band that recorded a bunch of hits in Ethiopia in the late 70s, including one, Greg, this is funny, called Musikawi Silt, which was actually okay. covered by Antibalas. Oh, that doesn't surprise. That's probably how. I mean, yeah. you know, we had uh, we shared members for, with Antibalas. Exactly. Right. Those are homies. Those are definitely homies. Yeah. Um, and that is a really, really cool, cool record. So it turns out I knew this guy from a different record, from one of those Ethiopiques series, but mm-hmm. I didn't know about this. So anyway, he moved separately and recorded this album while he was studying music at Howard University. It was originally nice. only released in Ethiopia on cassette in 1985. <laughs> Oh, wow. And believe it or not, it was actually like a huge hit in Ethiopia around that time. But because there was no distribution, they didn't have like a big label or anything like that, it didn't go anywhere. And it just kind of 
was in obscurity for, for all these years until in 2013, it was rediscovered by this guy, Brian Shimkovitz, who had a label called Awesome Sounds from Africa or something like that. He was just one of these crate diggers that just went and found obscure crap and put it on compilations and uh, got a, a newfound audience, you know, in, in the in the 2010s. And he found this this record, and with Mergia's blessing, he re-released the album. And in the meantime, this guy Mergia had basically stopped touring and stopped making music. But this particular album, so it was recorded on very simplistic equipment in a studio, and he worked on it all by himself. It's just him on accordion, a Fender Rhodes piano, like a very simplistic Casio-sounding drum machine. Mm-hmm. And a Yamaha DX7, like a very early 80s synthesizer. And it was all recorded in three days. Wow. And it's just the coolest, coolest sound, man. (laughs) Yeah. And I saw a really Mm. cool quote from him, because it's mostly all instrumental. There's some, like, like scatting, rapping type stuff. Vocalizations. Vocalizations, exactly, in the middle of it, but... So I've really been digging this stuff. It, it's I guess it's not for everybody, but everyone I've played it for is like, wow, that's really neat. That's very yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I listened to it this afternoon after you had passed it over, right. and, and Greg, you, I think you'd given it a listen too. What did you think? Well, the, the, immediately I was like, does Jay know about Ethiopics? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely like, I okay, yeah, but I, I'm glad you do. It all makes sense now. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, this music is great, man. It's kind of, we actually, in Funk Arc, we were so influenced by this by that record, we, we sort of uh, took with this one specific beat. It's like... Yeah. It's like a fast six, eight, like a mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. Anyway, yeah. I'm trying to, to elaborate like the beat. Shuffle, you, yeah. you'll hear all over. Yeah, but it's like that African, it's yeah, a yeah, specific yeah. like Ethiopian, I don't know if I'm illustrating it correctly, but the, the funk cartoon was called Albisto, if you ever want to hear it. It's a, it's a good one. It's like our, it's kind of like an Ethiopian tequila. <laughs> like, tequila. <laughs> uh, we say, Albisto. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a good, yeah. But it's really, a, it's, you know, super, it's like an homage to the Ethiopics album. Right on. Yeah, so... Uh, but I hadn't heard stuff like this in so long. So when you so when you sent it over for me to listen to and for 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 all of us to listen to, it definitely resonated with me. Um, and I definitely started you know bobbing my head around. Yeah, there's just something funky. about like the the atmosphere with it. And like they use these. I mean, it, it's probably nothing more than like standard minor scales. But the way that's applied and the way it, like the the tonality of the instruments is always it, it's a little. It's just different. It's just different. Yeah. But very, yeah. very approachable and very accessible. Mm-hmm. It's so, dancing. It's dance music. It is. It is. And that's what it was actually meant back in the 70s. It was uh, hotels would hire these bands to play for foreigners whenever they would come in. God, that must have sounded so good. Yeah, right. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, 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 like anyway. Sitting there sipping a martini. It's like, man, I, I want to hear this stuff now. Cool. Yeah. Well, let me play one track for you. Uh, the track, I'm sorry, my Ethiopian is not quite what it used to be, so my apologies to <laughs> anyone if uh, I'm mispronouncing this, but the name of the song is Ambacel. You were fluent, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was. It, it slipped away from me over the years. It happened. What can That's I say? Okay. But yeah, really cool. A lot of the songs start with like this, like like I said, a Casio tone uh, drum sound, which... Kind of like, like Wesley Willis. A little bit. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Different, but it's different, got, different you'll genre. Hear, you're a different genre. You'll hear the What's way What's your favorite he genre? The... Uh, Wesley Willis. Favorite <laughs> genre. Wesley Willis. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, guys got guys got to rock on that anybody knows Chicago. what we're talking about. Yep. Coke. Diet Coke. The word is getting around. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh my god anyway um oh, this song's called ambicell and you'll hear the interplay between the synthesizer and the accordion i'm trying to be like erudite and sophisticated over here while you guys are <laughs> rap- sorry. Ripping on you, said, you kept saying casio sounds I'll, anytime i hear the word casio i think of wesley willis right yeah that was a great interview that's that's when i checked out i'm sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> sorry everybody anyway stay with us this is this is going to be awesome music i promise yes, it is. yes hey is anybody i guess this is the end of the episode is anybody doing anything this next week is anybody going anywhere are we doing anything cool I, nope. Nope. Like a basement. Yep. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah, just checking. Just checking. Yep. Making sure I'm not missing out on anything. Nope. nope. All right. Well, yeah. um, this was a fun one. Thank you, gents, and thank you to uh, Miss Fiona Apple for the fantastic album. Everybody, go listen Heck to that. Yeah. Yes. And uh, we'll see you next Thursday. How about it? Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.